All right, everybody. After a long hiatus, the CrossFit Rife podcast is back, where we discuss the pursuit of health and happiness via CrossFit in the affiliate every day. And I have here my good friend, Ron Finelli, and he brought gifts. I'm just going to throw that out there. He brought bangs and cookies and M&Ms, so we're going to keep on track with our macros during this podcast. Um, but, Ron, thanks for coming as, on. Uh, as my Italian mom always said, never come empty-handed, so... I brought some uh, some goodies, and I know it fits Jess's nutritional challenge. So, well, M&Ms are on the edge, but for the most part. I think they're really on the edge, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we I wanted to kick this back off because I really just enjoy doing this. And I've already got four folks lined up, so we're going to try to do one of these a week. And, uh, and you know, and we're just going to wrap. But, um, dude, thanks for going on, for, for coming on. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm humbled, so. So for those of you who don't know Ron, Ron is typically a 5 or 6 p.m.er. So if you're a morning crew, you may not have met Ron. But I think most people, even if they're 6 a.m. folks, have probably crossed your path during one of the open workouts. Because well, we, open or Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I usually do 8 on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but like for those of you that are curious on how you pick people for the podcast, you just pick people that you like to talk to. And Ron and I talk all the time in the gym about different stuff. We trade emails pretty frequently. So I figured, hey, we will just uh, come in and we'll wrap. And just to validate that, before we press record, we were talking for about a half hour before we, <laughs> so that we actually started uh, 11 minutes late on the podcast. So, um, but yeah, so I think this is going to be good. But um, so first and foremost, I usually like to get a little background on everybody. So um, kind of like growing up, athlete sports what would you do growing up i was uh pr pretty athletic um i i did almost almost everything in uh junior high and high school um my parents said uh split up so when i when i moved i moved high schools so that's tough although i was not military uh moving high schools definitely gave me an indication of like how difficult it is what grade uh at, Okay, so I'm a, everybody out there, I'm an ultra masters athlete. So Ron's not an ultra masters <laughs> athlete. Ron just turned 56 and I, so and 7 57? 57. Oh, 57. But Ron's fit. Like we're just going to get that out of the way right now. Like Ron is <laughs> Ron is doing just fine. Uh, so, so back in the day, high school was 10th, 11th and 12th. Great. So not 9th grade. So 9th grade. When I did that change? Do I, you know? I don't know, okay. but when I was growing up. So okay. high school um as you always point out in a lot of your uh, weekly messages, um, I was five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing, and had to work extremely hard to get to what you want. Mm -hmm. So football, those sports where it's really heavy contact, I would always get crushed. However, lacrosse was a game where um, speed, agility, coordination always came into play, hence what we have today. Yeah. So, so you grew up somewhere in the northeast? I kind did. Of. Okay. Uh, New York, uh, I was born and raised in the Bronx and grew up on Long Island. Well, that alone would lend itself to being tough in my experience. Yeah, yeah, like most people there are a little right. harder around the yeah, edges. A little bit generally. Hard. It's all right. Uh, okay, so then you do you play what do you play through high school? All like you play lacrosse and football? I did play lacrosse and football. Okay. Right. right. And uh, I started to drift away. I don't think my senior year in high school I played football just because I was just not I was not big enough. I was not tall enough. That kind of thing. How but, big were you when you graduated high school? Um, like still five foot nothing. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, I was a I was a hundred pound weakling almost. So when did you? 
when did you start to grow, I guess? Because you're not that now, right? Like you're, you know, you're fit. Um, I think I think my senior year, there was a, a gym <laughs> next to a bowling alley, if I remember correctly. And I used to ride my bike there. And just old-time weights, screw ends, put on the yeah, you know, yeah, metal yeah. thing. That's yep. what it was like. And I was like, you know, it's like uh, uh, Charles Atlas when he gets kicked in the sand on the mm-hmm. beach kind of thing. So I just started at that point. Um, so then a- as I, you know, transitioned to college – um, some dude said, Hey, what's this Rowan thing? And I go, you yeah, I guess so. Again, the wrong kind of guy, you know, <laughs> the big man upstairs just gave me my attributes and said, go do what you can. Oh, that's great. So I'm about three inches too short. I'm about 20 pounds too light, but, and, and enjoy suffering and enjoy suffering. Most times not by myself. I like doing it with others. I was having like a weird little thought about like team environment this morning i was watching a video for the army navy game which is this weekend uh i don't know when this is going to air but it'll probably be fairly soon but um this coming up saturday army navy but um i didn't i don't think i knew that maybe i did know that you <coughs> wrote no i did know that you wrote didn't you bring didn't you bring me the picture of the old rower you brought another copy of it <laughs> just because i knew it might have been a topic of conversation uh, okay so for um, <laughs> yeah, I only wish you could see the the picture of it. I will try to post a picture of this. Uh, well, we will we will post a picture of this because I'll probably post a picture. We'll get a picture after this and we'll post it on the Instagram story that we're doing this. So what Ron gave me a while <laughs> back is this picture of uh, is this like one of the first ergs? It was ever? a ga- it's called a gamut erg G A M U T and it's just an old school erg that as you look at it, there's you know for those out there, it's just a wire that goes to it looks like a drum break for the mechanics yes. and it has a weight on the end and the the asbestos brake rubs against a flywheel and that's how you row it looks like yeah. ron ron was very nice in that description it looks like a medieval torture it, device it, yeah, yeah it like this was it, it looks like this is what they strapped you know uh you know what's his name uh, in braveheart uh to at the yeah. end when they ripped his guts out so i remember a conversation <laughs> we used to have we had a while back and we were talking about ergs and i go well you, you know, you said, I said, oh, it looks like you're getting new ergs. I said, you wouldn't believe the Concept 2 that I wrote on. And you were like, what do you mean? Was it a B or a C model? I said, I don't even think they had models back then. <laughs> Wait, so, so did you actually row on one of these? I, I, that one. And the Concept 2, when it first came out, as you recall, it looked like a bicycle wheel with plastic fins that were just kind of The wheel attached. was significantly bigger. So yeah. for anybody, like, about how big it was, if you took the if you took the – the wheel off of um, either the probably the the Rogue Echo Bike mm-hmm. and slapped that on the front of the rower. That's, that's kind of what it looked like without a cage, no bird. With, cage. Yeah, with no cage. Yeah, yeah. That's Just like that's it. The the, uh, the definition of of OSHA would not approve. Right, and it had an old school <laughs> had an old school odometer on it, like a bike, like old school bike odometer. And so the needle would just tent, go. Just oh click god! Tent. It was pure. Tor- that would, that would be tor- so much worse than the <laughs> monitors. It's today. way worse. It's way worse. <laughs> okay, so what? <laughs> so are you? So you're still small. So were you? Were you a coxswain? Okay, so uh, again, not to bore, but it, two types. Yeah, heavyweight. Yep. Right, and a lightweight. Yep. Lightweights under uh, 160 pounds, and heavyweights everybody else. So that was me. I was a five foot eleven lightweight um, that went to school 
I was born and raised in the city. I had no idea what this even was, but I figured I'd give it a shot. And, uh, and that, was the, that was the beginning of the end. So what – because when you row – when you're on the crew team, mm -hmm. you – everybody rows all of the events, correct? There's not like – you don't have like short, long-distance teams, <coughs> do you? Um, or do you, or do heavyweights row different no. events than lightweights? No, all 2,000 meters, just like okay. you, we do here. Um, and most times throughout the regattas, you can roll multiple times. In the nationals, you can only roll one time. So obviously, having a larger crew that you can fill all the events is really good. Mm -hmm. And you need good people on all the events to win. Okay. Like for example, your, you know, your alma mater, is uh, is top tier. You know, Naval Academy, all the Ivy League schools. They all have people standing in line uh, to uh, to get up there and row because they're just some of the best crews in the in the country. University of Washington, UC Cal Berkeley, mm -hmm. all those folks. It's um, and then they do have different size boats, correct? Right. So like like the different size crews yep. or yep, all the way from singles, doubles, pairs, quads, fours, eights. What's the biggest eight? Eight. Yeah, I've seen those before. Um. I, A, guys and gals that row crew at that level have incredible threshold for pain. Yes. Like, just the amount of suffering that goes on at rowing at those paces. Yeah, and that <laughs> and that device that we're looking at right now just looks painful. Um, and it's, it's worse than swimming, meaning from, like, I don't, like, people that row crew, they row crew at four in the morning. Right. That so, alone would have been uh, like so again, would have been a hard there's, stop. There's for a me. lot I'm of like, similarities. No. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, there's going to be no crew <laughs> there, in my in my it's, life. It's really difficult. You go in as a fret. You know, here you are as a freshman in college, and then you, you you try out this great sport. All of a sudden, they go, well, you have to get up at five. You have to run three miles and do 500 sit-ups at 6 a.m. is when the actual we practice actually practice, and then. You try not to have an 8 a.m. class, but not all the time it can work out. Next thing you know, you know, I'm in uh, wet clothes, uh, rowing on the uh, oh in the Atlantic in, in uh, the middle of uh, Florida on the coast. And uh, Where'd you go to school? I went to uh, Florida Tech or Florida Institute of Technology. Okay. And I was, uh, as you know, aerospace engineer that, yep. like you, failed most classes, did a lot of Well, those are those are very different, Ron, because I was failing <laughs> classes as an econ major, not as an aerospace engineer. So I'll cut you a break. <laughs> well, if you, if you fail – At the Naval Academy, they're called group three majors, which is where all the yeah. dummies are at. If you fail aerodynamics, you're in trouble when you're an aerospace engineer. Well, that's true, know. too. Be like, we don't want that guy building <laughs> We don't want that guy building a plane. Um, okay. All right, so then do you row all four years in college? I did. Okay. Yep. And then it was it was So after do you, did you enjoy rowing or that you just found fun. something to do? Um initially it was let, let's go see what this is about, but <clears throat> I I think as most um senior athletes when you start to go to a gym over time, it goes beyond the physicality. And mm -hmm. I think that's where I started to form those characteristics and traits that I have today. Mm -hmm. you know, obviously, you're born with some DNA, some leadership spark, yep. that kind of thing. But uh, and I think that's what that's what caught the fire. And a lot of the senior guys that were on the team when I was a freshman said, "Don't worry, the bug will hit you," and it does. It's kind of similar to here as yeah. you start to get into functional fitness and that kind of thing. Man, it was it was awesome. The the team environment 
you know, obviously for sure attracts a certain personality. And I was, so the reason I was thinking about this morning, which I was referencing earlier was I was, I was watching a video on Instagram where the, it's the two Naval Academy team captains talking about the Army Navy game. It's, and it's a hype video, you know, but I was thinking about that and they were just talking about like all of the work that gets put in and like, and I was starting to get goosebumps because I kind of like remembered going back to that team environment. <clears throat> and then I was trying to think about why I don't want to train so hard anymore. And I immediately came up with the answer, which was because I'm not training to go into competition with anybody else. Like it's just for me. Right. And I'm just not interested in that. Like if, like I train on a pseudo regular basis at this point because I'm just like, I need to stay in shape. I do enjoy fitness, but I don't, I'm not trying to achieve anything. But if we were to get the team together and we got to go do something like that changes everything like that, I'm not going to be the wink link. Like I'm not, I'm not going to be that guy. Right. And it makes the, it makes the team effort aspect of it. It makes it all worth it. Um, and that is, I do miss that a lot. I miss that whole like doing, like really putting an effort for other people. And, and that's pretty much what what rowing was about for me. Um, you, oh, you that's almost about, like a hyper. It's like a four or eight guys that are trying to achieve the same goal, and you're not going to be the. But almost like line. nothing else, meaning like you're doing the exact same thing at the exact same time, and if you're the weak link, it is really obvious yes and in crew specifically you know like you can because like in basketball i can pick up the slack or we can sub you out or like like if you have a bad game like we can work around that but in crew we're nobody's getting off the boat like we're not switching out guys you know yeah and this was the uh, uh dare i say back in the 80s and it was the onset of the vhs camcorder so we had a coach that he would tape just like we all do now, yep. you know, real, not high speed, but enough. And it was the constant forward rewind, forward, look at what you're doing, this, 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 angles and inches and timing and coordination and that kind of stuff. So, My dad always had this thing, which he's like, hey, the film doesn't lie. Yep. So that's why we watched so – I watched more film in high school than I ever did in college. I watched more film about myself and all the warts I had and all the floors I had oh, than, man. Uh, than anything. And that's – but that's how you get better, right? Yeah. I mean, you, f- you continue to fail, and then in the end, you succeed. I'm still trying to find out, like, an efficient way to do that now, like, as a coach. Like, how could I film? Because, I mean, and you know this as well as anybody. You're, you, nobody will be as critical as you are of yourself. Yep. And, and that's what I need. To, I'm still trying to crack that code. Like, how do I do that, like, really quickly and then be able to assess it over time? Uh, and I've got some ideas that we're trying to put together. But anyway, um, okay, so then you graduate college, and then do you go directly to the Marine Corps? I did. I did. Um, <clears throat> it was one of those things where, uh, you know, the uh, Oso comes around. He has his little kiosk out there, and I'm like, hey, that's kind of cool. What is that? And, you know, they don't talk about jobs and stuff. All he talked about was how challenging – uh, Marine PLC camp was for, for officers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, that, no. Uh, no we, we had just won the, the Nationals, and I'm like, there's nothing out there that I can't do at this point. So, so you're a national championship in crew? Uh, or a di- national champion? Division two, yeah. Um, we were I Division mean, national two. Champions, national yeah. champion is national champion. Two years. So I was like, I'm in. So sh- sh- sign me up. Let's see what this is about. And that's how it started. And, uh, can, I, can I ask you what is the – so I'm aware of what the gap is between Division two and Division one in basketball. 
It's, what is it like in crew? It's is kind it, of this. It's kind of the same. It's a it? second okay. tier. A lot has changed with with um, Title Nine, and so it. it it's very challenging to you know the the elite teams get those elite guys, yeah. and the rest are, and of course, obviously it's not a hugely popular sport, right? Two thousand meters is a long way to look down and watch your team row. Yeah. So. It, it's not a very visual sport in that no. sense. Now, now that we have drones and things, yeah. it might be a little bit better. If you watch it in the Olympics, yep. that's what they did, a lot of overhead shots. Yeah, they just have a drone that literally just f flies profile to both boats. Right. Yeah. So where's the focus? It's on you know soccer and football, yeah. that kind of thing. So scholarships kind of wane, except for the elite teams that are out there. And those are usually have funds because of the schools they're at. It's, it's endowments like and everything. Endowments and, yeah. and, and kinds, you know, yeah. so-and-so's dad yep. is going to put a new crew house in or whatever. You know, so. that, that, that is so true. Um, uh, yeah, I we mean. Did, we did more spaghetti dinners and, and selling <laughs> chocolate bars for our boat where you go to the academy and there's a waiting list for guys to put their name on a boat or gal yeah. to put a name on a boat. Yeah, and, then, you know, it is what it is. Like some people say it's unfair and. And I'm like, I don't know if it's unfair. It's just, it is what it is. You know, it's just like, you know, if you want to, if you want to compete at that level, there's a price to be paid for that. And, That's right. And then, and people want to be associated with that. Like people want to be associated with with success. You know, whether that's give money or 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 put their name on a boat or you know get their kid into school stuff like that. So, um, okay. So you go there and then you join the Marine Corps. And how long did you spend in the Marine Corps? Uh, Twenty four years. I didn't realize it was that long. I thought it was. I I'm, thought I'm pretty old. It's true. You are pretty old. <laughs> no, you're not that old. Um, I retired in 07. In 07. Right. Not as in 07. No, not as in 07. I was like, in damn, 07. you're a general, no. Ron? <laughs> Good job keeping that under wraps. Um, did you enjoy the Marine Corps? I did. Wouldn't for all the in, reasons. You wouldn't have stayed in 24 years for, if you didn't. Right. But. For all the reasons that we just talked about. At some point, it gets beyond all the cool stuff. Yeah. You know, it gets way deeper as yeah. you get more seasoned mm -hmm. and, you know, it gets to the point when you want to build a great team. But then at some point, and I'm sure you feel this way a lot, too, is how do I give back? I, I've got years of experience mm -hmm. and knowledge. And now as you get become more senior, all you're trying to do is mentor and teach. And not because, you know, uh, I'm selfish or I'm a narcissist. It's just at some point you want to get up on a podium you want to teach young kids. Um, you want to coach not only, you know, uh, athletes in your gym, but you want to coach other athletes, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Teaching, and I, again, this is individual to individual, but I think teaching, if you decide to get into teaching and, and you're really passionate about teaching, it's it's kind of this weird self-licking ice cream cone where it facilitates its own personal growth because you never feel adequate. Right. You know, so I, yeah, I mentor tons of coaches and I have the, I have the, very distinct privilege of teaching the level ones, but I would be 100% disingenuous if I told you that on a regular basis I felt inadequate to do so. Yeah. You know, so that's where we're always trying to figure out <clears throat> a better way to do it, learn a little bit more, go one level deeper. Um, you know, all those little things that largely most people will never really be able to pick up on, mm -hmm. they'll just, you know, for at least for me, the the goal has always been. If you think about people that you admire, it's never like it's never like this. They say something, and you're like, "Oh, that was the best saying ever." It's just like you watch them do 
whatever their craft is. <clears throat> and you're like, man, I don't really know what about that is so great. I just know that it's great. That's what I want to do. Yeah. And that's what I saw on from people from the level one. I'm like, that. those are virtuosos. Like, your delivery and presentation of this information defies all logic. Like, I don't know why I'm so captivated by this. I don't know why, what's so, what about this is so great. I just know that I'm in. And um, I, you can learn that. I learned that from great players, great coaches, great military officers, great enlisted guys and gals. They are people that have that habit, and you're like, man, that's there's some intangibles there that I would like to try to capture myself, sure, um, and do sure. that. So, and you want to see him grow. You just don't want to yeah. see him be a level <laughs> one. You know, you want to see a guy that you can nurture and mentor, and then maybe on a sad note leave, but then on a good note open their own thing. Yeah. I think you. I'm, you yeah, I've written about that. it before. Yeah, you've written yeah. it in a, in a message. I've written about it before. I think uh, from a leadership standpoint, I <clears throat> I think. I think a healthy spot to be is trying to develop people that uh, to the point where they have the ability to leave, but doing everything that you can in a positive manner to try to keep them. Meaning like, I'm going to give you all the opportunity for growth you would ever want. So you'd have no reason to leave. But if you wanted to, you have everything that you would ever need in order to leave safely and, 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 and be successful moving right. forward. So. And that involved that, in, that I mean, that's a whole nother discussion altogether. But th that involves a lot of humility. That involves you having to put your ego down to the side because I mean, if you do stuff like this long enough, like you're probably going to have people that come up underneath you that are better than you, right? You know, and then and then a lot of instances like putting their wants and needs before your own, which is a slippery slope. Again, another another. Um, podcast altogether for that but yeah i mean you can definitely you can definitely sacrifice yourself for the troops which is also not good mm -hmm. you know I, i've never i mean yeah i would love to follow an officer or, or or in any scenario that's like all about the troops but not one that's doing it at their own detriment yeah. in, in like in a sense that they're inhibiting their ability to lead effectively Right. Because they're creating their own problems. So it's it's a weird it's a very, very strange scenario in entrepreneurship from that standpoint. It's like, hey, I have I do have to take care of myself. And at first that feels selfish. But it's not. Yeah. You know. And don't um, forget about the guy that you're mentoring. He 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 looks towards you, but at some point, you know, he wants to yeah. let, his, let his wings out and yeah. see what he can do. And mm -hmm. you want you want him to do that. So mm -hmm. even though you want to keep him around, you know, it, it he may uh, being better than you is one thing, but I think he just may want to expand mm -hmm. and enhance what you've already provided, and so he wants to go out. That person go out and do it on his own. What was um? And that this is a loaded question, so feel free to like not have something completely dialed up for it. But like, what what are, what are some of your biggest takeaways from twenty four years in the Marine Corps? <sighs> some some biggest takeaways. Um, it, the institution is big. And um, you can allow it to grind on you or mm -hmm. you can try to make an impact. And there's a balance. And everybody that's probably in m m not so much in the military, but are in a big enterprise, a corporate mm -hmm. type of environment can understand that. It's like you can let it beat you down or you do your best. You get up in the morning and and uh, and, and try to uh, try to do good work. And I always 
I always wanted to get in there and impart things to to others. That was that's the biggest thing right now. I'm obviously a little bit older, so mm-hmm. I do like at times mentoring and trying to, you know, why why this way? Why not that way? Try this. Like you guys, modifications mm-hmm. and scaling options, and just and and that's the thing. Um, the intangibles are just I I can't even enumerate all of them. You know. Um, just the morale and mm-hmm. compassion and unity and esprit and all those things that over time you start to reflect and go, man, I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot in four years of rowing, more than probably in all my years in, in the Corps. Really? I think, I think the things I, I learned in rowing um, made the transition to the Marine Corps and, and now even beyond my second career make it really seamless and really easy if you think about what rowing is about again Mm -hmm. it's beyond the physicality part yeah we're talking about mental stuff here oh big time big time not and not just the suffering you know it's not just the you know oh my god my heart's gonna bust out of my rib cage kind Mm -hmm. of thing um uh, like you were saying you don't want to be the weakest link everything we did for four years we did together Everything in the military mm-hmm. you did, you did as a fire team or a platoon or a mm-hmm. company or a squad. Um, so that that's what you draw. And, and hopefully, you know, um, there's a lot of changes in our leadership now. Think about the generation. That's like two generations ago. So yeah. now, now with the new generation of uh, uniform folks, their thought process is different. Their leadership has evolved mm-hmm. and... And sometimes it's hard to adapt. So. I've uh, and some people take this the wrong way, and I just think it's, they're just not really grasping. But I've always described it as between my five years of prep school and the Naval Academy, and then probably my first four years in the in the Navy as an officer. I think if you haven't learned what you're going to learn in that time frame, you're not going to learn it. It's like you you could learn all of the things that you need to learn as a person in the, in four years. Mm-hmm. If, if you didn't, you're just not paying attention. You're not, you don't care any of that stuff. Everything after that is, is in my experience. And you were there, you were there literally double, double the time that I was everything after that. Once you learn the basics of like, <coughs> excuse me, the basics of like show up on time, do it right. The first time, take care of your folks, accountability is key everything else after that is just navigating the system right you know when you lay in the foundation everything else is complementary yeah it's just like okay now how do i promote in the navy it's like right okay well now i need to know what job i gotta take and all that stuff so and some people take that the wrong way and they're like well there's so much more to be learned and i'm like yeah but the the they're just they're multiples of those things that we just mentioned they're not they're not it's nothing new you know right um I, i i I, I think I would agree with that. Um, and you can never go back in time and go, God, I wish I had that job again because mm-hmm. I do it. And w- when those say, well, you didn't experience this, this, and this. Well, after a certain point, you're never going to be at the tactical level anymore. You're yeah, going to be on a staff job, right, or an operational level. So y- you never see that again. Yeah. So they just go, well, you're inexperienced. Well, uh, inexperienced at what? <laughs> what, being on a staff and moving paper from – you know, point A to point B yeah. and dealing with the politics. So, yeah. you know, like you were saying, 
you learn so much in the first few years. Those are your foundational years, and everything else is just complementary to that. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, you basically soften the edges and you keep moving. Yeah. So when did you, did you find CrossFit in the Marine Corps? No. That you found it afterwards? Yeah. You got to remember, I retired in 07, so it would have been really early on. Well, I mean, you might have. I mean, it was, it was, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, 07 is about the time when CrossFit kind of like breaks, breaks onto on. the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and when I say breaks onto the scene, meaning there's like five gyms. Um, so breaking in, it's just, I, I think it was evolutionary. So you, I start out doing what I did in college and all that. And I always knew that I, you know, suffering seemed to be something I always kind of, you know, migrated to. I don't know why. That seems like it sucks. I'll do that. Yeah, exactly. Anything hard and, you know, breathing till you can't breathe anymore. Um, So uh, a a friend that I worked with here when I first got to to Virginia Beach, we started um, P90X, if you remember Mm -hmm. that. So it might be goofy for those out there, but what it did was it kind of made you go quick. Yep fast rapid reps you did multiple exercise oh that's the light keep going you're good multiple (laughs) exercises at high intensity so for those of you don't know in the office we have like all of these motion sensor lights in the room just went completely back so just keep talking ron all right and uh so we started there and we just uh kept moving from there we started p90x and then went into more hit and i just kept uh wanting i guess just looking for something different obviously you get stale at at whatever you do for uh you know uh, over a period of time and then i just said well let's look out in town and that's what it was a couple of years ago and i said it's well, funny i i like that was obviously a wildly successful program p90x but i feel like there was a fatal flaw in the name and in the program which was like it's 90 days. And then I'm like, well, what do you do after nine days? And you're like, right. you do it again. Do it and again. I'm like, well, that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that, and that's what, you know, after about the third time through, you're like, okay, I, I got it. So now what? So you're always looking for something a little bit different. Yeah. And so I said, well, let's, you know, we, we were looking around. I said, well, let's start, let's start looking at some other things. And obviously being on the base, they, they have our, a, their, their approach is a little bit different. So then I was looking out in town and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So where, what's the first gym that you ever walked into? This one. Is it? The first one I tried. Uh, well, obviously I live in the proximity, so. But I, but I you had online. never been, so you just been, you've been like secretly CrossFitting. Right. I guess, it, you know, whatever you want to call it. Maybe not CrossFit, but whatever you want to call it. High intensity cross-functional training. <laughs> <laughs> Cons- so, yeah, so it not, it's not constantly very functional, uh, functional yeah. movements executed. It's consistently varied. Consistently, uh, yeah, anyway, people try to rip that off. But um, that's interesting because so. So you couldn't do, like when you're on the base, you, you just can't do those type of things that we do here. Well, there's just, right? well, you can now. Like, so at Little Creek, they have the the pure side gym, which is basically a fully outfitted CrossFit it, it is pretty uh, much, yeah. But um, that's interesting. So you had me fooled, Ron. So yeah. Ron came in decked out like he he looked the part yeah. when he came in um which is fine i mean like i just like i just assumed that you had been doing it somewhere else um no that's this, cool this, this okay so good. then so i went around to a bunch of them and okay um, so then talk to me about that process so you come in here and then why do you stay okay so you could I have came, left so i know? came here and at the time 
you, Phil was on one side and you were on the other. That's right. So that was two years ago. Right. And actually, more than two years ago because, yeah, because that that is actually we're going on the exact two year anniversary of that expansion. Right. And so, um, I just looked at the size of the gym, and I looked at the number of athletes that were here, and I was kind of attracted to that. And then I, I think it was just the clanging of the weight. I was like, oh, my gosh, this, this would be pretty pretty good deal here. So, But I, I did look around at a number of the other ones, and I always got drawn back here. So I remember doing a punch card initially. and um, Got him. And that was it. <laughs> and, and Cassidy was my, my first, the first person I bumped into walking through the door, and that was the end of that. I think I remember him mentioning you. And it was something to the tune of, like, yeah, Ron, it's an older guy. He's pretty fit. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, I don't know. Do you still do the thing where you have to come in and you have to demonstrate the the movements before you sign up? No, we no. So it's there's no like tryout or anything like that. And we've done it. God, we've done it so many different ways. And this is kind of this this weird little. Um, I don't even know how to describe it, but it is this ever evolving process of like, what is the best way to bring somebody into the fold, and just admittedly after 10 years i do not have that answer i don't know what it is i that there's just so many variables who is this person what are my skill sets as a coach what does the business look like all those things yeah. you know i know there is ideal um and my my thoughts on it ch change very very frequently to be very honest with you i'm like you know i don't know i'm, I'm on the fence all the time yeah so so i remember <laughs> i think there was a class going on and then Cassidy took me in the corner. He goes, okay, now we're going to do these nine functional movements. Mm -hmm. Do this. Oh, okay. Well, then do the second one. I do that one. And then the third. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, you'll be all right. All right, let's go. He, what's the fourth? We just kind of rolled through all the exercises. Yeah. He goes, okay, you're in. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the end of that. So this is – so we used to – uh, we used to bring people in and we would like basically teach them the nine foundational movements, which is great. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's limited in scope. Right. Meaning like – a, most people are never going to remember that crap anyway after we after we break from that one hour <laughs> session, and then B, um, like are the is there really any it, and because they're not going to remember it, then it begs a question like is this really valuable? Um, because it was largely more for us than it was for them. It's like me to watch you move, you know, to get some sense of like, do you understand the difference between your knee and your elbow? Do you understand where your body is in space? If I say snatch, do you think that's a derogatory term? Right, like all right. of those things. Um, yeah, I don't think it was any value to the gym more so than it was to make sure that he was that person was safe before you entered into, uh, you know, a class and started moving. Yeah, and that's why that's why I say it was more for us, which yeah. is like, is this going to present a potential problem, or is this something that we can manage? And the reason we do it the way we do it now is because I'm not really concerned. You know, Cassie and I probably coach the bulk of the classes. I'm not super concerned with anybody that walks in the door like i'll handle it like it'll be just fine now the counter argument to that is like is that a good entry point and there's large argument for that it's not mm -hmm. like they should get more on the front end um and that's why i say i'm on the fence about how to do that i so, I, don't I, know. I found it to be i think looking back at it I, it's not a bad thing you know, learning how to do a proper air squat. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you went out in town and asked 10 people to do an air squat. All 10 would get it wrong. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Every day I see it. How do, how do you pick up 
you know, a grocery bag from the floor, watch them do it. Yeah. And so for your standpoint, at least you kind of, you know, you baseline that individual and say, well, th- hey, this is where this is where the flaws are. And we start working with them versus, hey, just throw them in there and see what happens. Kinda. Yeah. And we've kind of baked it into the cake where we because of the way we run our classes, all, like all that stuff. It, we That's when we do it. Right. I'm doing it for you, who's been here for two-plus right. years, and I'm doing it for the new person who's been here for a week. Um, and like I said before, I don't think everybody has the skill set to do that uh, because that is difficult. Like, you need a lot of time on your eyeballs. You need a lot of experience. You need a significant background in scaling and, and understanding workout stimulus and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't recommend that for everybody. And to some extent, I, I'm in the process of, like, rethinking it right now. I'm like, mm-hmm. should we change this? Could we give people you know, a better experience and, you know, offer them a better service and then get them better results by doing it differently. I don't know. You know, at, these are the things that I sit up at night wide-eyed and well, trying th- to think about. Yeah, I, uh, from from your perspective, I, I would say that, you know, having a guy or, or a gal go through the, the nine functional movements um, – it gives you an indication. Then he gets that that person gets put into the class, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but without it, you're you're having to watch that person more mm-hmm. instead of canvassing the crowd. And so they could be doing it wrong a lot. You know, you have some new joins that come in, and mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing. And obviously, you pay a little more attention to them, and you're kind of correcting them as they go, right? Mm-hmm. But in, I don't know, just. The, the nine movements are good up front to show that individual, this is what it really looks like. Not 30 seconds mm-hmm. with, um, you know, a bare bar on your back kind of thing. Yeah. So. The most people, and I don't mean this in any sort of like, you know, <coughs> ribbing of you, but what's up, Julie? Um, is most, so you came in here where you're 55. Most 55-year-olds are not going to start CrossFit at 55. Yeah. I think they should. But I think – and I, I now I do think this is changing, and I do think this has changed significantly in the past 12 months, is that people are starting to come to the realization that CrossFit is not dangerous. It's just like everything else. If you do it poorly, it's dangerous. Right. But, with the, you know, anybody that would deny that stigma is – just being disingenuous like it's a thing you know yeah so i i hear that a lot like it's a fad it's a thing well it's um, definitely not a fad i mean at this point we're no. almost 20 years into the whole thing so like it's like yeah why do you it, at that point that? jazzercise why is do you a have fad? to go to a gym and do that you know what, whatever it is <laughs> it's like why do you have to do that well i don't know i mean it, it there's there's a reason behind it mm-hmm. and there is functional application to it mm-hmm. you're just doing it at you know, certain loads at certain intensities. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, I, I think, I think, and as we're kind of talking about this, I'm, un- I'm unpacking it myself. I think there has to be this larger discussion about like, it's not working out. Like, yes, we're working out, but that's like not the point. Right. What we're trying to do is build functional capacity. So whatever it is that you want to do, whether you want to hunt or you want to fish or you just want to not get injured or avoid chronic disease. Like this is how you do it. Like I don't care what your goal is. This is how you do it. Right. You know, and you can tailor that to you. Whatever it is that you want. Like whether you want to try to get a muscle up, you know, at the age of fifty-five, or you don't care 
what a muscle-up is and have no intention of ever getting one. I don't think it really matters because there's a spot for both of those people. Right. Right, and there's a, and there's a way to train both of them in the same environment while both of them getting the benefits of the program. It's a, it's a good kind of a segue into the master's athlete, but, he, you know, when you get older, there, there is a stigma. Like, oh, like, I, all I see are 20-somethings mm-hmm. going at it, lifting half the gym in five minutes and uh, they have to get by that you know you you, you just gotta you know I, I i am a believer that you gotta come in and look at it and there are the the one um advantage here is like you have a full spectrum athlete mm-hmm. you have the 20 somethings and then you have us the, mm-hmm. old, the old folks and you, you know you scale things for that individual they just have to get over it mm-hmm. but what they see on tv you know are all those elite athletes mm-hmm. well you could do that with anything right yeah i, I really football. like football you know any like anything. i don't recommend my grandma go put pads on right. but like if we want to if play you, football we could do it we could do it <coughs> exactly so you know i i know you know um carrie brought a buddy of his in yeah greg and and he he you know bit the bullet and he, mm-hmm. he now he's in the gym he didn't bite the bullet he didn't die everybody yeah. he, but no, he, yeah, yeah he he joined he joined he, the he gym did join he, greg's just fine but he's <laughs> but he's doing it at his level he yeah. realizes like okay I, I can't go in there and put the 45s on there and do whatever but i can do this mm-hmm. and you know it, it helps when you have somebody like the older athlete go hey look it's it's really don't get intimidated by yeah. it you gotta you just kind of get in there we, this sounds almost contrary to like everything you would learn in training and leadership, but we, with folks that come in and, and, and I'm getting that sense that there's, you know, significant amount of reservation about doing that. I will just right up front, out of the gate, tell them that their best course of action is to have no expectation other than showing up. Yeah. Like it's the only expectation that you should have. Because you're walking into an unknown environment and and an unknown kind of process, so whatever your expectation is probably wrong anyway. Yeah. So just trust the process. Trust that we're going to take care of you. Trust that we're going to understand that this is a this is a long process. And that's what Carrie was actually. And Carrie's been on the podcast. Uh, that's what Carrie's explaining to Greg is, and we were actually talking about it last night that. Carrie started more than three years ago, and I mean, like, it's awesome to watch Carrie work out. Like, the, yeah. he, he gets after it, like, and he throws down really, really hard, and he struggles at a lot of things, like all of us do, but Greg sees Carrie as, like, this this guy that can do all these things. I'm like, yeah, but Carrie was you three years ago. And, and I think your expectation management you know, statement is, is pretty accurate because they come in and then they'll go, Hey, co- come in, come on in and take mm-hmm. a look. Here's the gym. Take a look at what they're doing. And you know, we, we could be doing something pretty spicy, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they just go, uh, there's no way yep. a 40 year old's going to be able to do that. Well, don't, don't just get by that. You're right. You are not going to do that. <laughs> You're going to do something <laughs> <Yes>. else. 100% <laughs> correct, yeah, sir. Yeah. Um, you know, it always seems like the new people come in and when, you know, we're, we're dying on the floor and pools of sweat and they go, hey, this is a great gym. You're going to love it. You're going to love it here. <laughs> Where's your credit card? Yeah, I think uh, I think once you get past that it, and then you start to realize the uh, what's cool for me is has nothing to do with the gym. Honestly, what's cool for me is when guys like you or Carrie or anybody tells me that they're starting to see the benefit of their hard work in here 
outside of the gym in their life, how they feel, their overall health, like all of those things. Though that is what gets me excited. It has nothing to do with people's Fran time, you know, like I, I love seeing that and nothing gets me more fired up than people PR in their back squat, but it, it pales in comparison when yeah. somebody says, listen, I can do all the things that I've ever wanted to do because right. I, because I came in here and started to regain some physical capacity. Yes, I, I agree. I think um, for me also is not the executing of the exercises more so than at the beginning. You got to spend a l- at, as you get older, we don't do it. I got to get better at it. It's like one of my warts is is spending more time uh, doing mobility. Mm-hmm. I spend I try to come a little bit earlier. You know, I work on my shoulders, that kind of thing. You've been doing and, your hanging and doing my hanging. There you go. And <clears throat> you know, we so for those of you that don't know, we're talking about. Um, <laughs> so this is actually an Ido Portal thing, and Ido Portal is like this movement guy, but um, he recommends. I think the recommendation is seven minutes a day, hanging. Just it's just generally good for the body like the whole body so your spine your hips all that stuff your obviously your shoulders um but it is really beneficial for people who struggle in the overhead position which is just hanging because there's only one way to to replicate that kind of like fully open shoulder and it's by loading your full body weight onto the shoulders as long as it's not painful so if you struggle in the overhead do some hanging um but actually that brings up um we got to talk about that Alabama shirt, Matt. <laughs> um, we, uh, I completely forgot where I was going with that because I saw that Alabama shirt. <laughs> um, um, oh, no, that's a perfect segue because I wanted to talk about, like, you're, so you're pretty fresh off of two shoulder surgeries. Yes. Um, and this is a topic that almost every gym owner struggles with at some point if not consistently throughout their their existence as a coach or gym owner which is somebody either sustains an injury or decides to get something repaired yeah and then the assumption is that they can do no training yeah absolutely um which by the way i didn't get injured in the gym no no he did not so you had uh there were both labrum tears correct and uh supraspinatus labrum biceps on both sides. Both sides. Yeah. Uh, so b- basically, on one side, but yeah. So basically, Ron was walking around with his arms getting ready to fall off his body. Pretty much. So <laughs> and still training, by the over, way. Overhead yeah, positions yeah. were um, a struggle, a, pro- a problem. Yeah. Yeah, they were a problem for me, and I couldn't do it. And I remember you telling me one time we were <laughs> we were in the gym doing something. He goes, "You know what? It's amazing you what you can do with what you have because it does doesn't make sense to me because <laughs> like, you saw me lift. Yeah. And it was in a way at which. When you're injured and, you know, again, older athletes, you just got to come to come to terms with like, okay, I'm injured. I got to do something about it. You know, muscles compensate. Your body compensates for those injuries. And then you, you, you're able to lift uh, loads, you know, in certain ways that just don't – it defy logic. So I would argue that do like those uh, – I don't know if we call them injuries, but those – because I don't know because they weren't acute injuries, were they? Like you didn't do no. something into that. Yeah, yeah so those – those I don't know what we would call them anyway. But that scenario where you have two significant impairments to your shoulders due to deterioration or injury, what what have you. Um, The only reason that you were able to be functioning, not just functioning, but functioning, you know, what what I would consider a fairly high level, just as like as just a person walking around in general society, um, is due to your training. 
right? Because like you said that you, we adapt. And if, and if you were not training and if you weren't strong and if you weren't fit, those would have sig- significantly impacted your quality of life. I, I agree. I, any, I'm sure most have had injuries where rehab was required. Mm-hmm. And if you go through that rehab process, it, it, it only gets you part of the way. Yeah. I mean, you just don't get the mobility after, you know, 25 sessions of physical therapy because mm-hmm. you do manual stuff at the beginning, but then the rest are just exercises. and They're mm-hmm. trying to get you out the door. So coming here with the mobility stuff, I mean, I, I could remember specifically coaches would just look at me because they knew they go, anybody got any problems? And, you know, you would look directly in my eyes mm-hmm. and go, they, you, the Vulcan mind meld where you're not doing this. You, yeah. you could do this or this, but you're not doing what yep. is prescribed. Cassidy, same thing. Um, you know, you could do this or this, but and do it, you know, at a higher rep or a lower weight or whatever the case may be. That is what gets your mobility back. Mm-hmm. You know, like you were saying, hanging on that bar. I never realized, like, if, if you hang for seven minutes, it's a long time and it hurts. And it's yeah. it. That that's if you don't have any injuries, right? Like right. seven minutes on the barbell is an eternity, and I don't right. mean seven minutes in one shot. Just like trying to accumulate seven minutes of hanging in general. Yeah. So this is the type of stuff, you know. If you have back pain, like of any sort, you know, um, hanging is probably going to be good for you. If you've got yeah. bulging discs or degenerative disc disease, like it, it's it's nature's natural traction on the body Mm -hmm. so just taking that spine and trying to decompress it a little bit over time like that is beneficial it's going to increase blood flow Um, you're going to create better grip strength which i forget where i read this i got to pull this article but there's two factors that are high predictors of lifespan uh, in human beings one of them is lean muscle mass and the second one is grip strength like people who maintain high levels of grip strength and high levels of lean body mass tend to have significantly longer lifespans, wow. which makes sense. Yep, it sure you does. You know, like sure everybody's does. shook hands with somebody who is like a little bit older and they have like that that death grip, and you're like, oh my god, I'm like, you're gonna live forever based on that that handshake, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, th- other things here that we do, which are the scaling options, and that you know, kipping. You'd be surprised at what it does to your shoulders when you kip scap or traction mm-hmm. those are the things you can't do in physical therapy that you mm-hmm. do here and that actually gets you the mobility that you need to get back so and you're referring to like contr- so not that kipping's bad that no. it's beneficial yeah yeah because you're rolling when your- controlled yeah, correct right yeah yeah a- absolutely so um <clears throat> as i as i said previous so then y- you have to start reconditioning your body and your behavior because your natural behavior is to go back and lift things overhead that you used to do the old way. Mm-hmm. And now you're, in my case, you know, you're just lifting things with your shoulder again. You're yeah. like, holy mackerel, it's amazing. So, so uh, cause I want to talk a little bit about your, I'm going to do a little story here for Instagram as well. The, um, the injury. So like you had surgeries and then you didn't, you, you didn't just stop training like you came in you did have a hiatus right so like a little bit which is which is fine like i'm not saying that you <coughs> should you know go under the knife and then be in the gym the next day uh if you if you are a competitive athlete you probably should start pt as soon as possible but you did not quit training is where i'm going with this no you continue to do so and this is where i was going with this earlier is that a lot of people get injured and they're like well i can't train to my to which my response is that's my job 
you're doing my job. Right. Stop doing that. Like, you don't know all the different things that we can do. Like, that's what I spend my days and nights trying to figure out. So just let us take care of that problem. Yeah, if you, I mean, you could use it as an excuse not to come to the gym. I mean, it's it's really easy to do. Yep. You know, uh, and or you could go, okay, so I can't move my arm or I can't move my leg, but I could do other things. So in this case, you know, it's split upper body, lower body. So you wind up saying, well, you could still do an air squat. Yep. Right. You could still get on the get on the assault bike. Mm -hmm. You know, you could still walk on a treadmill if you really wanted to. So and you just have to adapt. You don't. You just don't want to try to atrophy over six weeks, right? So you're in this godforsaken thing here, <clears throat> and you're you're not being able to move your shoulder, but you can move your legs. Yeah. So that that kind of worked out really well. Well, and then it's other. It's all the other thing is also that you <coughs> not only can you train around um, injuries, but there's crossover from if I get injured in my right arm, there's going to be benefit to training my sound arm. Sure. That, that will help me go through the rehab process, right? Sure. So we'll work around that as well. And maybe you don't have like uh, a full injury where I don't, uh, like I'm just complete non-use of that limb. Maybe I just can't push, but pulling is okay. Sure. You know, so those are all the things that we try to really hone in on people because if you're injured, everything's harder. Like you're not going to get that heart rate, that heart pumping feeling that you normally would in a metcon it's going to be different so it's it's going to be a little bit more akin to the old school like muscle fatigue you just have to you just have to get your head around that yeah you know you have to you have to understand to yourself like okay well i'm not i'm not going to progress like i want to progress during this time frame if you can get your head around that for those that are driven that want to continue to have a high level of performance you'll you'll be fine yeah but for those that you know say i have to continue to you know, get more pull-ups or run fat. It's that's going to be very hard. You're going to grapple with that for a long time and wind up coming back too early and getting re-injured or something like that. And that's the important part is that re-injury, which is <clears throat> that's one of the big things that we battle all the time. Which is they they f- people feel somewhat good, and then they're right back on the horse way too soon. Oh, yeah. And our job, largely yeah. in that scenario, is like, hey, our job is to be there pulling the reins on people, not not pushing them further. Like you and I always talk about, we have a lot of common threads, and stubbornness and thick-headedness are one of them, and that's me. I, I was like, okay, six weeks in the sling, I'm good. I'm out of the sling. Okay, what what can I do? What I, what can I do? Can I push this? Can I push that? Mm-hmm. And you just have to like just let it go. It'll come back. Yeah, it'll, come, it'll back. come back. You'll be fine. And it's you'll come back quicker, actually. So, you know, it it, it kind of works out. I'm under a year with one shoulder, and I'm I'm almost back to doing what I did before. Which is kind of defies most of what we know with regard to uh, your age, people's capacity in in current society, where thirty percent of people are obese. It's just like, yeah, not only can you have uh, an incredibly invasive procedure done to repair a joint you right. know outside of like i mean the only thing that would have been a, a more extreme than that would would have been to do like a full shoulder replacement yeah we have four tendons in your shoulder but you know for the most part it's pretty invasive no matter how you look at it knees acls mcls are all like you know they're pretty invasive and they take a long time to heal um, yeah and what i think you did really well is you were very patient with it you yeah. you didn't stop training because it would look. I mean, everybody knows this. The second you stop training, going back to training is way it's, harder. It's wicked hard. Way harder. Th- you don't those have the motivation. Those first couple of weeks were just like 
it, you know, back when you were in high school and you got that soreness <sighs> in your body. It is just, it is awful. <laughs> I was I was very fortunate. Like I didn't I never really had that because I would just went from one sport to the next. So like I was lucky that it just never stopped. Like the some of it would change where like you know if you were playing like like in when I played baseball when I switched from like baseball to basketball or football depending on what time of year it was. I would I would I was happy cuz I would be like all right, now my elbow's going to stop hurting. And then in basketball, I was like, all right, now my ankles are going to stop hurting. I get a little break. And then yeah. if it was like football, I was like, no, my neck's, my neck's going to stop hurting or I'm going to stop feeling bruised up or stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so I, th I think it's always – I never – it wasn't for – it wasn't – it was never getting back into training because I was never really out oh. of training. Right. It was just like giving my body a break from the sport. Yeah, um, yeah. So. And when I, when I started to – kind of migrate back into full time again um i did feel that way like a lot of the nicks that i had were kind of gone you know the tendonitis yeah. which you get a lot as you become a little bit older and that all of a sudden they all go away and, yeah and you try to you go okay i'm going to reset my brain just so that when when you do start getting back full time into the classes mm -hmm. you don't do the same things that you did before obviously to reoccur and mm -hmm. re-injure or re have retendonitis that kind of thing so yeah um, any goals for 2020 since we're about to wrap up the year yeah um do tell ron put yeah. it out to the world because then you'll be accountable well i'm all about i'm all about working on your goat you know so grab one thing you try to get it done and okay. um so really is uh more snatching and okay. overhead that's that's my goal for 20 um I think because no, you know this better than anybody Ron. that's not a super specific goal it's not a specific goal but it's <laughs> it's a goal nonetheless so um, is that to just improve overhead position well, or like you want like to snatch I, a certain weight? like I said no no I, I'm already I'm beyond the weight thing. okay however it's the mobility thing and it's again conditioning when, when you have an injury that you have compensated for you have to reteach your muscles to mm -hmm. do stuff yeah um so you have to learn new gotta, patterns right so you gotta and and that's what I'm struggling with as you get a little bit older. Um, that's the other thing too is you, you know you got to know when to take a day off for those. I have no problem doing that. These older days. athletes, <laughs> I like one more days off. I than I have problems with that. I got I need counseling for that kind of stuff. I just you know you want to take I was a day there off for a while. You want to take a day off, and then you post a wad. You go, oh, my gosh, look at this thing. This is great. You know, yeah. I don't know why you say it's great because it's just suffering from point A to point Well, it's just usually that happens because it happens to be something that, like, there are movements that you enjoy or it yeah. falls in your wheelhouse. And you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. I, can, I could probably I could hit that this. one pretty hard today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but meanwhile, you've already worked out, like, six straight days. Your yeah. body is just beat, but you, you, you want to do that one. So you, you have to be um, – you know, you have to be more mature about it and say, I, I just can't do it. Or if you do do it, maybe you scale it. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you just don't go as heavy, even if it is in your wheelhouse. That's do where I live my life these days. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. You I know, saw admittedly, you cleaning the other night. So pretty uh, heavy. Admittedly, I, uh, but nowhere that's, but maybe it was a little heavy. I don't even know what it was, but it, I think I hit 255 for power clean, but that's not great for like, comparatively to what i used to be able to do sure um well, is is it more <clears throat> capacity than i'm ever going to need in real life absolutely 100 like, no point i'm gonna have to do power clean 255 in the real world but what where i was going with that is um 
I just don't have the palate for intensity the way that I used to, like, because I know what's coming, and and that's like the that's the weird part about once you've done this for a while, you know what's coming, and it really gives you anxiety. I'm like, man, I'm gonna do this, and this is gonna hurt. So maybe I'll just slow down a little bit, because <laughs> I look at it this way. I'm just like, I mean, I'm still gonna be, it's still gonna be a good effort, and there and. I hear what you're saying. But and nobody you? cares. But what about the guy What about the guy in front of you? I don't care. That's what I was telling you so, earlier. It's not for anything. If, yeah. if we were on a team, I would try to make my heart explode. Yeah. But yeah. it's not. It's for me. Like, there's no, I, there's no, there's nobody counting on <clears> me <throat> in that, in that training environment. It, nobody cares. There's no, I'm not going to win anything. It's just me trying to make sure that, you know, I'm the fittest, almost 40 year old of right. all, my, of all of my kids dad or, or friends parents you know what i mean like that that's 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 where i live my life and mentally these huge, days that's a huge thought process for an older athlete it, it's okay it, it's, it's totally it's okay. Be okay and context matters like and i started this off by saying this earlier like i mean you are fit my friend yeah. I, and i know well, you, you. Uh, yeah and i, I know try. I, you do try but yeah. my point is that like you are fit you are far fitter than you would ever need to be and if we were going to take i don't know we just start pulling 57 year olds out of the crowd like you're gonna be up there my friend and we all get we all get this alternate sense of reality because we look at the leaderboard in the games and then we look at these people that are superhuman by most metrics and i'm like that's not real life like if you can do most of the workouts even in some scaled capacity at the age of 57 like you are doing fantastic i I think part of it too is you know, it's the atmosphere that mm-hmm. you promote here. And, I, and again, it's, I call it the full-spectrum athlete because you have 20-year-olds to us up mm-hmm. up the upper end. And you, you're not hard over on, hey, Rx is this, Rx plus is that. I mean, it's wh- whatever you can do. Now, there, there are some gyms out there that are very competitive like that and say – Which is got, fine. Which is good, right? But what happens is you lose that market. You lose the, either the yeah. guys that are – debating whether to jump into the pool mm-hmm. or the the older athletes going I just I can't I can't do it anymore yeah. you know kind of thing we've even so. been playing around with changing RX plus RX well when I say we I mean me because yeah. um, I haven't <laughs> even told anybody this yet so you're welcome everybody um, with just changing it to um, option one option two option three because I think even the subtleness <clears throat> of RX RX plus can coerce people into making bad decisions. But if I yeah. just said option one, option two, option three, they're all available to you on. Pick whichever one is closest to your own to be. And then, as always, we have those people in the middle. There was some pretty good feedback about what you did last month about the range of reps. RX month. Yeah, that yep. was a very that, – that was pretty interesting. So it allowed everybody, <clears throat> which I'm sure, like me, I was trying to figure it out as mm-hmm. I was going because she just wasn't sure. But the, the fact that you can choose your own – you know, reps and your own weight. Mm-hmm. I, it was awesome. I really enjoy that month. I have had thoughts of just switching it to that. <clears throat> uh, I do think it can present some problems, though. So I think uh, in order to do that well, so for anybody that's not aware of how we do this, um, so in November every year we do RX month, which means the the way you would get RX, the way you would check that box, is if you hit the stimulus of the workout. So it has absolutely nothing to do with the movements the loading or the rep scheme it's if you hit 
the range that we gave you, which is the workout supposed to be done between 8 to 12 minutes. I don't care what you scaled it to. If you hit between 8 to 12 minutes, then you scaled correctly because that was the intent of the workout. Right. So um, the it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword, sword because it does promote a lot of um, kind of – uh, education or intent-based training on the athlete. They like they have to critically think about this. You, you're not. You, you can't just be a lemming. Be like, I'm gonna do 21-15-9. I'm like, right. maybe, maybe you should do fifteen twelve nine. Um, but the problem with and that you have is, to be honest with yourself to correct. say, oh, in ten reps, I can do it this fast. Correct. Or, can you really do it? Can in the, you? Can yeah. you really and do we're it? We're gonna that find fast? out. Right. Um, so, and then and then the reality is, and then there's. The, and the reason I kind of like it is I, because there's repercussions for making a bad decision. And when I say repercussions, they're not bad decisions, but you miss the mark. So you don't get to check RX. And that was completely on you, right? not on the coaches or who wrote the program, because I gave you all the leeway in the world to make a decision that put you in there. And you either misgaged it right. or just willingly made a bad decision. Yeah. right? So, so it, t- it takes a little bit of thought up front. So it's good if you s- go to Wattify, you look at it, and you go, yeah. okay. And then you just have to take like five or ten minutes to figure out where you think you fall. And most yeah. people are – you've got to be honest with yourself. Yeah. And if you think you're a stud and you just, you know, try to do it, and then you just – like you said, once you start, it, it's hard to vector into a mm-hmm. different direction and go, oh, uh, this is too heavy. So, I, well, it's too late. It's too late. Right. I mean, it's not – you can make a change, but you we've, we've, made, we've already made the bad decision at that yeah, point. Exactly. And that's why I said it's a little <clears throat> bit of a double-edged sword because it does require a lot of forethought on the front end when writing the workouts. It does require the coaching staff to really be on their game with regard to making sure that you put eyes on every single person in the class so that they can hit that mark. Um and then this does leave a little bit of a sticky spot for people who are new and literally don't know. Don't know. And that's right. where we have to maybe do a little bit of force feeding when you're just going to be like, you're going to do this. But I'm, I think, I'm literally going to give you the answer. I, I think your coaches did a good job and say, well, for us, it would probably be between the, you know, he, the, there's always a left and right lateral limit. And yeah. they were pretty good about it. Like, stay within this range. I think yeah. you should be fine. Yeah. You know? And that, that's practice. You know, we've done it enough times at this point. You know, the coaching staff is experienced enough, and we and we talk about it quite a bit before we do it because yeah. it's important. Because uh, that that could go disastrously. Like you could you could do that. I you could execute that idea very very poorly, and it would not go well for yeah. you. I I think more important though, it takes away the stigma of whether or not you do RX or don't do RX. Meaning whether you're cool or not cool or good yeah. or bad. It, it removes that stigma and you just go. You, you train within your own ability capacity. and capacity, and then you tr- the next time it comes around, it may not be the same wad, but it could be the same exercise. You yeah. go, well, I remember it this, so I'm going to add five pounds yep. and try it that way. Yep. And that, that's, that's where really the transformation starts. In your mind, not the physical part, but in your mind as well. The mental aspect of it, because yeah. now, now what I've done is just kind of subconsciously made a shift <laughs> to train like unknowingly to train for longevity not to not to win this arbitrary contest that actually nobody actually wins right so like uh, as cassidy always says well are you going to go to the games next year no okay so then do it this way yeah (laughs) you know he always he forces he forces you into that thought pattern are you paying your mortgage in this with this workout right now (laughs) if not then calm down then then take it easy yeah yeah. um that's cool. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're <clears throat> playing around a lot of different things. I'm, like, trying to continually make that a, a better environment. And not that I think it's bad, but I, I think I think you can always improve on things that you do. And, yeah. um, and, I th- and, I and th- th- we're at the point now where I think a lot the the changes are, with regard to that stuff, are subtle changes. 
you know, nothing. We're not going to do any hard right rudders on anything. But oh yeah, um, I I didn't you know being one of the crowd, I I didn't hear any blowback. I think it was a lot of positive feedback toward <laughs> last year. There was some grumbling because it's change, yeah. and a lot and people hadn't done it before. You know, it's like, but we know that if as long if I don't get anything more than like ten percent, we're good. Yeah, you know, people, you know, like you know. The troops aren't happy unless they're complaining. So that, that, uh, that's exactly right. When they stop complaining, uh, yeah, is when you got to start yeah, worrying. Exactly. So, um, well, this well, what was, about you? What about twenty? What about twenty? What are we going to do in twenty? Um, Tell the audience. God, man, I got so many, I got so many mistakes I have to write on from nineteen that I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think um, there's there's quite a few things that I want to do in twenty, but most of them just involve just enhancing what we do internally right so we're going to yeah. change some procedures on the back end that, that likely won't you guys won't notice at least at least not immediately um and then from there it's um nobody can say you're pocketing a lot of money considering all the equipment you continually buy um well i mean that's a whole separate discussion but like yeah i am a believer in investing in the gym um because i think it's important <clears throat> now you can overdo that for sure yep. like you like there's definitely uh, a discussion about like hey that doesn't actually add any value which is why if you're here long enough you'll constantly see me selling things because yep. i'm like that we don't need that anymore it's just like it, it's just there i don't need it it takes up space i could find something else that has more value so let's try it you yep. know so I'm, I'm constantly selling things like ghds reverse hypers i'm like eh, it was cool it was a novelty but like we don't need that crap like nobody needs it yeah. So I thought um, I, I think you get a lot of positive feedback from the ski ergs that you purchased this year and the air runners. Yeah. Those so the, awesome. you know, the ski ergs were intentional. The air runners are from a, another mistake, but we just repurposed them. Um, but yeah, it's it's just one of those things where like I, I most of the things I'm trying to do in 2020 are personal, which is like, you know, readjusting some of my personal filters and how I make decisions and um and then figure out how to overlay that onto the business. But a lot of what we're going to be moving towards, or a lot of our focus is like, is service based. Is like, how do we get better in the classes? How do we create uh, those little kind of like bright spots with our members? Like, how do we communicate better? How yeah. do we, you know, very little that has to do with training. I will tell you that. Hmm. A lot of it has to do with like, how do we just provide a better experience? Yeah. Um, so, do you and this podcast is part of it. Yeah, that that yeah, I think that's good. Um, well, do, do you do your own programming here? Mm -hmm. Okay, so why that and not follow what you know, Comtrain or something like that? Do you um, well, financially we don't need to, right? Like I don't like well, there's enough expertise in the building between myself and Cassie that like I just don't yeah need to go elsewhere. The other thing is uh, we're actually going to be doing something very similar, so we're going to be providing our programming to the world via best hour of their day the other podcast that i run oh good so um now it's not because we, we want to sell programming like so i'll just give everybody the business plan so for best hour of their day that is um that is coach based right so our 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 vision is to improve the coaches in the crossfit community across the board but we're gonna do that via programming so the vehicle with which we pick everybody up and then improve them and take them from one destination to the next is programming. Mm -hmm. But programming is not the point of what we're doing, yeah. but it is the thing that everybody has to navigate on a daily basis. And it is the thing that people have problems with facilitating and, 
and 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 that's what they're providing to their athletes so why don't we just take that and build all of our content all of our coaching content all of our instructions and tips off of that product that we build because now i can direct everything off of that which is like all right we're gonna cover this and it's in the programming this month but also i think we you know and cassidy does the bulk of it now but i still have my hands in it like quite a bit um i think we provide a good product that is based on one workout a day you know which is where the emphasis is coaching yeah and i think that's where a lot of people are missing the boat is that there's just like, oh, we're going to put a bunch of stuff in the hour. And I'm like, you could do that. I don't think it's a good service. Right. Um, you know, so we're going to, we're going to give that programming and, um, and then we will put coach development on the back of it and be like, Hey, this is what we want you to do. And it's more than just writing a lesson plan. So we'll put stuff in there like, you know, coaching challenges where we want you to do we want you to get through your lesson plan we want you to get through this exact lesson plan on time or i want you to teach this progression or i want you to try to come up with the or want you to try to facilitate these scales in your classes um and largely where i where i think we're going to be a little bit different is like our programming is designed to improve the fitness of your athletes while simultaneously developing your coaching staff Yeah. yeah So uh, that's the goal. Well, that so. sounds like a pretty, uh, pretty and it's good great 20. because yeah, and it's great because I get to uh, I get to do it here, right? So like there might be some changes to the programming, but like I would largely tell you that because that we're going down that road, the coaching here will improve as well, right? Because that I mean we have to, we can't just stay stagnant there. So yeah, um, so yeah, I think um, a lot of things in, that we're going to do this year are all based on just not doing more things uh i would sum it up as like not doing more things doing less better so yeah and that's you know what we talked about earlier you 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 learn some lessons and you learn some the hard way so yeah you know i'm happy to talk about those you got you can't be afraid to fail no otherwise i would never leave my house um well listen my friend like i said we have no problem filling up some time we're an hour and 14 minutes into this so that was fantastic (laughs) uh and i didn't get to eat those m&ms yet so i want to dive into those um (laughs) anything else you want to leave the listeners with like anything about crossfit about crossfit rife about ron Mm, i don't think so other than uh you know it uh it has really enhanced um you know, both physically and mentally, my standpoint. So it's great that you see more members come in or more, more people come in wanting to join. Mm-hmm. Um, always welcome. You know, uh, just the other night there was an, an, a new uh, a new athlete come in and, you know, Cassidy introduced him and we're clapping. It's it's awesome. Kyle. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. just got, you got to get him in the fold and yep. throw him right off the deep end and let's let's keep moving. With a life vest. So, you got to yep. put a life vest on him. And in the spirit of the season, just give till it hurts. You can never give enough. I can dig that. You know, breeze across America, t- tunnel the towers. Just just keep keep giving. That's really it's cool. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, sir, thank you. Thank you. If you guys have any questions um, or if you guys have suggestions for the podcast, uh, I've got a couple of folks already lined up. So, But if there's somebody that you want to hear from, let us know. We're happy to bring them on. And uh, we'll see you next week. See ya.